Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Brothers, sisters, gender resistors. Welcome to the Wrestling Should Be Fun podcast, episode 115. Today, we are going to be chatting about all things in the wrestling world. Me and my guest today, we've been to a wrestling show on Sunday. So we'll be talking a little bit about that before getting into the general wrestling world. But firstly, it's the plugs. Dom does a much better job than this. And he tells people to perform plays and tell their nan. I'm just going to be a bit more meat and potatoes about it. Twitter, we are at WSBFUN. Instagram, wrestling should be fun. TikTok, wrestling should be fun. And obviously, just type in wrestling should be fun to wherever you listen to your podcasts and you'll find us. Follow us on all the platforms if you like. Facebook as well. Facebook as well. I knew I'd forgotten one. Thank you for chiming in. That shows how much of an amateur I am at this. <laughs> Facebook as well. And I'll even give him a personal shout out because Shappy has been doing outstanding work building up the Facebook. Facebook, we're also wrestling should be fun. Please give us a follow. There is some outstanding meme work going on over there. I also want to give a shout out, firstly... To some of the great interviews we've been having lately. Uh, if you're uh, been following the feed and maybe you've missed one, I would recommend going back and listening to Dom's interview with Earl Black Jr. last week. And also Ross doing a great job with Nina Samuel. They were both fantastic episodes in particular uh, in recent times. So please get involved and listen to those. But for today, we have a guest. The guest is one of our regulars sitting around the table with me today. It's JCH. James, how are you doing? Yeah, well, thanks. Definitely like to echo your thoughts on the last couple of weeks of interviews. I thought the uh, Dom and Wes Brown, as he's going by now. Yeah, of course. Uh, sorry. Yeah, Wes Brown. Uh, yeah. Uh, just a completely different sort of approach to what we what we normally do with an interview and hearing the uh, review and this all going into the uh, the novel he's written made me want to read it. And I uh, checked out a couple of uh, reviews on Amazon, just looking at it. And one was from a wrestling fan and was very into it. The other was from someone who had no idea about wrestling. He was also very complimentary about it as a story. So story is the right word. I don't want to be insulting to English literature people who were on last week. But yeah, it made me uh, interested to check that out. So I look forward to picking that up in the near future. Yeah, I, I really loved the way he spoke about the business and growing up in it. And those stories about him at, at school were, were the one that particularly pricked my ear. So yeah, listener, please go and indulge yourself with that episode. Um, how are things generally though, James? Did you? Um, we obviously went to a show on Sunday, but uh, were you feeling tender on Monday? A little bit. Uh, a combination of a few wines and beers in the pub and the aftermath of chasing round a much better football player than me on uh, Saturday when we got beaten quite badly. And my legs have been absolutely dead all week. And I don't think the uh, combination of the slight hangover and the body broken when m- Monday was a bit of a tough day. But we got through it. I late late shift at work, so what nothing too early to get up for. Well, in terms of a, a bit of um, fatigue or ring rust, I make it that we're on chapter one one five today. I'm calling them chapters. We're taking the progress influence. Uh, <laughs> you, you were last on on one oh nine. I was last on on one oh seven. So if anyone's joined in the last five episodes, I promise we're regulars. Yeah. We are just we're just being called up tonight because you know the squad's rotating. We're, we're following the pet model. Yeah, exactly. And they like to uh, do the podcast normally on days where we're not available. So, you know, <laughs> when the uh, the squad's thin, you call on the uh, the dream team off the bench to uh, come and get the job done, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we've come on. It's Solskjaer and Sheringham for you tonight, guys. <laughs> Wankers. 
fucking embarrassing. Waste of our time. Fucking waste of our time. On that note, let's see if we can give that sort of insight that, that gives us the right to be called them monikers. We'll go into what the nerds are watching. I've been watching you a la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 come on. A la 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 long, a la 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 long, 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 So James, uh, you did me the honour of coming to my town, Boreham Wood, this Sunday, uh, and we watched a show, uh, Ignite Wrestling Pro, which you've been to before, and I've banged on about many times on this podcast. Um, it's a very broad question. But overall, how was your experience of Sunday? Yeah, I had a really good time. Uh, so, yeah, I haven't been for a while. Just uh, clashes of dates and stuff. I, mean, I haven't been able to get up to uh, Ignite show for them. Um, no, they're, they're not they're not monthly, but um, not for, I missed a couple of shows since the last one I managed to make, which I had a good time at. Like the old Weather Spoons in Boreham Wood. It's a nice, interesting vibe up there. You know, very quick on the service for the chicken basket or, or not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the actual show itself in a library. Not having it, Warren says library, big words on the outside. Yeah, is uh, CJ Carl's uh, generous enough to come and come and say hello, and um, yeah, the whole experience really good. I like seeing a different side of wrestling. It's like a family show, as as you pointed out. I enjoy the way the uh, the noisy boys sort of uh, reinvent their chance to keep them family friendly, and just seeing the enthusiasm from some of the younger members of, of the uh, of the audience is is quite wholesome and enjoyed watching that as a whole. Yeah, obviously, it's something we've talked about before with Ignite, but it, I think it bears repeating that it's a show for all types. Like on the side where we were sat, it was a lot of groups of uh, guys our age who've been to enough wrestling shows now to know the vibe. And there was chanting going on from all sections, not just the Noisy Boys, who are the staple and the kings of that arena in terms of crowd interaction. But there was lads in front of us, our, our group was singing and some other groups around the arena too. And there was also, like you say, this young involvement that's always there. And I'll be honest, as someone who's been to all but one of the Ignite shows since it started, that was probably the best atmosphere I've been a part of. It was really good. And it's a credit to CJ, who you said also came over and said hello to us. I mean, we're just guys who run a podcast and talk about wrestling, but for him to make the special effort, come over and say hello and thank us just for coming to his show, like, uh, what a mark of the guy. Really good dude. And finally, of the points you made, the Borenwood pubs, eh? Like, uh... Everyone went home with a few quid in their pocket, maybe, because <laughs> £3.30 for a Guinness is still absolute daylight robbery. And whatever you think of Weatherspoons, that is an absolute godsend. Yeah, it's um, as somebody who works in a pub, I think you, could, you can't even get a Coke for £3.30 in my pub. <laughs> <laughs> so on to the actual wrestling, James. Obviously, it was a six-match show, and we won't go through everything, but what was a match in particular that you felt deserved highlighting? I think... Just the way some of the, the characters stood out to me more than the matches themselves, I think. I enjoyed the uh, the return of uh, Tommy Kyle, who I, who I remember thinking stood out to me last time with his uh, heel work, coming back as a baby face. He got a um, big W for his first W. Um, yeah, first W in Ignite. I say I'm going to be bad with names the first time. There's the uh, massive tall guy who came out first, the baby face. Harrison Leon. Harrison Leon. Leon, yeah, apologies. Uh, yeah, he definitely stood out uh, appearance-wise, I'd say. The names were quite hard. You know, they were picking up a lot of new names at the same time. Yeah, he came out and looked like a like a big star, and the crowd were right behind him. Enjoyed his work as well. And then you've got the, yeah, the legends, like you have the main stage, you're smashing mics, and you're, you're Corey McRae's in there as well. Yeah, I mean, overall, obviously, with that, like you say, the crowd being split, they're, they're sometimes having to work a little extra harder to forge those face-and-heel characters and... I think everyone on that Ignite roster does it so well. 
the reactions that a Luna Blue gets, she gets such good reactions, and Mark True gets such good heel reactions. Yeah. Top to bottom, the character works great. Yeah, and the and the um the way the crowd focus on people from like it's not even like they're uh, booing Zach Gibson from being from Liverpool. It's booing someone from the other side of London, like sort of, or Romford or yeah. or Luton, it's it, like just down the it's road. It's, and it's Luton good... got battered at this show, <laughs> yeah. as they always do and always will. Orenwood <laughs> till we die. We love it. I'm, I'm surprised. I mean, I, I admire your answer, actually, because I think you're absolutely right. But I feel like everyone came out of there talking about the tag team match between uh, CPF and the Rebellion, which... I think that could have gone, and this is obviously what people say about Ignite all the time, but particularly in this occasion, that could have gone on any card and had people talking. I thought all four people in that match were just so athletic, so crisp, and it was the standout match for me. Yeah, I say you remind me completely <laughs> for, for a, ma- a match point of view. Yeah, that was uh, that was fantastic work. I think I was saying to you beforehand about my thoughts about the uh, the CPF guys. And how much I think like Lando and Danny Black have, have come along because obviously for us, well for me, I know you've seen them more in Ignite. I see a big, big Callum Newman fan and think he sort of stands out of that group just purely for his size. He's got the athleticism as well. He just looks like like a big star to me. And then um, you've obviously got Mav, who we've grown up watching him at Tufnell Park Dome and uh, the King of the Dome with with Connor Mills and all the bangers he's had. And uh, Lando and Danny Black over the last sort of six months or so of watching them in in the likes of uh, Riot Cabaret and seeing, I think Lando was in the last Ignite show I went to, and obviously they've been on Progress a lot more. Uh, and I think they've just uh, really improved their stature. I'm, I'm not saying they've got better, I'm sure they have, or they, but they weren't good before. But just from a personal opinion, I think they've really grown as individuals as, as part of that collective. And the Rebellion were a great uh, foil for them in their he'll be face sort of well, maybe a little bit of dissension at the end, was there? Yeah, well, I mean, Taylor James has generally worked Ignite as a solo star, although he's he's been very linked to Jack uh, as a tag team. But um, it looked like at the end, maybe, yeah, Taylor's going to be going alone. But the Rebellion, whenever they have tagged in Ignite, have been excellent. And I know that CJ, who runs the promotion, has always said that he feels they're the best tag team in the South, you know, which is a huge claim. But when they put on matches like that, I guess, you know, that I, I can't really argue with the guy. I will say that, uh, did you know, James, this is off the subject of Ignite slightly, and I feel like I learned something this week, which I should have known a year ago, and you're going to go, obviously, but do you know what CPF stands for? Oh, yeah, Close Personal Friends. I never knew that until this week, (laughs) and I feel like I've just been, like, going along with the acronym, like, yeah, CPF. (laughs) I only found that out this week. How stupid am I? Yeah, yeah, I did know that, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, good. Well, I, I hope that you did because <laughs> I just feel like they've obviously got it out there and I've just been not listening. But yeah, Joe Lando, he was on the first Ignite show. He was in the very first Ignite match, actually, against Corey McRae. Uh, and I've always like uh, respected Lando for that. And when he got booked on Progress, I remember being so happy after seeing him in the library. And he's got even better every single time he's turned up. And he was the star of the fourth for me in this match. He did that incredible uh, moonsault uh, to the outside, which looked dangerous in hell. And I think I remember Shafi like just popping and looking at him and being like, wow, uh, <laughs> it was such a good match. Uh, the only other one person on the card that I feel deserved a particular shout out that maybe we haven't highlighted there. I mean, everyone on the card was very good, but a particular mention for Will Cruz, who I'd not seen before. He faced Smashing Mike and Will Cruz looks like a fucking problem. Yeah, yeah, very much so. He is a big dude. I say we we couldn't quite work out what age he was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he could be young, he could be old. We're not sure. I think he's quite young. Yeah, he he's a big dude with a uh, with some good power moves and uh, 
Yeah, yeah he, he was excellent. And um, I know that a lot of people saw him in the Dome tournament that Progress did uh, for the Atlas belt and said good things about him there. And now I've seen him, I completely get why. He is money. Uh, to my type of wrestling. I don't know if he's wrestled Jacobs before, but that's my dream match now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was also, um, I thought I'd like to bring up, I didn't mention it on the, on the gram, on the story, is when the uh, it was like a little bit quiet. Not like quiet, quiet, but... And some girl who's probably about eight years old just shouted, kick him in the nuts. <laughs> that was uh, that sort of summed up the atmosphere for me. It's like such a fun, <laughs> enthusiastic crowd with uh, great barbs like that coming out, which uh, really made me laugh. Yeah, I mean, that's the nice side of the kid interactions. The the maybe slightly harsher side was a chant of get back on the Thames link or something to that <laughs> to the guy from Luton. And front row had two kids in Luton shirts. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of loot and hate for those young lads to take <laughs> on that occasion. But yeah, no, overall, I mean, I had a great time just catching up with you lads. So the wrestling was just a bonus on top, really. Always. Um, it was a late one. I remember you leaving the pub and going the wrong way home at first. Uh, very <laughs> good stuff. Uh, the next show is in February. And James, I'm going to give you the job now of just saying to people if they haven't been to Ignite and they're listening to this, why should they go to an Ignite show in Borenwood? Uh Yeah, well, if you need more of a reason than a £3.30 pint Guinness, which some people might, I'll get half of our group there, I think. Um, but um, no, just, yeah, it's just, it's a very, yeah, it's a good show. It's good wrestling. It's good character work. And I so say you'll get to see some people you might not see on stages that you might normally go if you only go to bigger shows. And it's, I say it's a well-run company. I think it deserves some more eyes and it deserves to, uh, I mean, it looked like it was pretty much sold out anyway. I'm not sure I'll get a ticket. Close. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't think you'll have a bad time there. And, and also, also you got the, uh, we didn't mention, you got the new new champ. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mention it only more because I'm uh, obviously that was only the second time I'd seen him. Adonis <laughs> Payne winning the title from my boy Corey, although not directly. Gene Money winning the title initially, Adonis Payne cashing in his breakout trophy on the title and winning. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Adonis Payne can do. If CJ thinks Adonis Payne is a guy that deserves these level of opportunities and he's earned those opportunities by winning that opening match, then I'm really interested to see what he can do. He had a really good match at the previous chapter with a guy called Remy Adetunje, who Remy Adetunje was so good, he got please come back chance. So if they can bring Remy back and run that one again, that could be a great person for Adonis to face. But I'm just going to see how that one plays out. I'm really excited. Uh, I trust the vision of this company. Like They've been excellent to me, and I just love going and take it for what it is. So, yeah, CJ, thank you so much for putting on another great show. Oh, Also, um, what I would say, I mean, some people, I, I say it's a really good timing-wise show doesn't feel long i know some people in this group will have a go at me for saying some shows are too long what you moan about you're getting more good wrestling but there is a fatigue factor in wrestling and if you're watching too much of a show that's too long you can get tired by the time you get to the main event or you might sort of duck out of a match or something and i thought like a six match card especially if you've got um younger kids you've probably got less attention span as well even than, than someone like us I thought it was a really good length show and it's like a nice breezy sort of late afternoon show on a Sunday. And, you know, if you don't want to go to the pub for three hours afterwards, you can still go home at a reasonable time and you send some good rest and a nice day out. So I think, I do think that's a positive. You know, some shows go on, you know, it's got good stuff that if a show's going sort of four hours or so, it can get a bit tiring. Whereas I don't think that Ignite ever did. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Three matches break, three matches. None of them are going over 20 minutes from as far as I know, if that, it's a really fun interaction, like you say. And that's why it's a family-friendly show, because they're not trying to drag anything out. It's uh, it's breezy. Good word to use. But if you do also want to just beer it up, you can do that as well. We you can do that as well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
down south slanging. Rolling with these hustlers, trying to get rid of all you haters and you busted. Down south slanging, rolling with these hustlers, trying to get rid of all you haters and busted. Okay, there wasn't just wrestling in Boreham Woods, shock. There was also some wrestling happening yesterday, even, which I think is what you want to talk about, James. You wanted to have a little bit of a natter about NXT. Yeah, I mean, long-time listeners of the podcast and its previous form will know I was, uh, used to be a huge uh, NXT fan back in the black and gold days. And Matt used to join me on the... Uh, we did only we did one on the podcast, but in the old blog days, we used to do the uh, yeah, NXT versus AEW uh, MMA-style scoring column, which I used to really enjoy doing. And I was always... I very seldom put AEW above NXT in those days. And then... I've come back this week, uh, Ross and yourself and uh, Josh are always really complimentary about NXT. So, and last week I've been in on a Wednesday night, so I've recorded it and watched it. Like I say, I've watched it twice now, so it made me come back. I find it interesting. I can see why Ross likes it, uh, <laughs> with all the sort of wacky characters, which I'm really enjoying. I think that's my favourite part about it, is the characters and the sort of weird storylines. You've got your, your Chase U's and your... Mafia boys, whatever they're called, they are yeah, totally the family, aren't they? Think. Yeah, you've got like an interesting dynamic going on between Trick and Mellow. I said I did watch it that one, which went head to head with NXT, just so I could have an opinion on both as well. Which I think that's where that sort of dissension almost started, which they seem to be playing a long burn with. They've had uh, Gable's crew on there the last couple of weeks, and um, Noam Dar's got his gang, his little gangs, stable wise. I'm not massively sold on the in ring. <laughs> I've really enjoyed watching the show the last few weeks without really remembering much of what I've seen in ring. If that makes sense. Uh, so, but I still want to. I still want to watch it next week. So I'm not sure. <laughs> um, uh, you know, yeah. So that's my sort of. So I'm not sure if it's a negativity or not, but I am enjoying the uh, sort of backstage stuff and the the promo segments a lot more than the matches. Also, because Booker T isn't talk during them, and that man is appalling. It's so off putting. I don't know if you <laughs> if you'd like to say anything on that. But he sounds like he's sort of like a um a wrestling video game commentator who's got like five phrases and like if it hits someone hits a certain move he'll just say them and it's like what are you doing? <laughs> but anyway, apart from that, which was a bit negative, yeah, enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's unfair criticism of Booker T, and I think there's been numerous examples in the past of him maybe not taking the job as seriously as others. <laughs> yeah, so you obviously watch NXT a bit more regularly than I've been for a while. Uh, what what sort of things stand out in it for you? Is there any people like in ring I should be paying attention to when the matches are on? Because like, you know, Joe Coffey comes on, I'm sort of like, oh, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, is there anyone in particular I should be I should be looking out for? I think you kind of nailed the idea of NXT, which I think is very character driven because obviously they're there to hone their skills in all areas. But I think even with Raw at the moment, and this might be my take and not a widely known one, I think that the shows are breezing by at the moment. And I don't think that the, they're not trying to compete with what AEW are doing in terms of in-ring, I don't think. I think, and maybe I'm looking into this, I think they've realised AEW are probably going to win week to week. Although the talent is in WWE, their model is not making matches for the hardcore. There is making a well-rounded wrestling show where the character stuff drives through to the PLEs and the main roster or the premium events on the NXT roster. And I think that's where they're going to let the guys go loose and get their star ratings. And I don't think that they're against doing that week to week, like now and again, WWE and NXT will throw out a match that is worthy of that. But I think they're making a real conscious effort that every single member of the roster has a well-rounded and understandable character. 
And I think right now, particularly in NXT, and it is transferring to the main roster, there are multiple layered storylines where characters are making decisions that the character would make that are way more interesting and not necessarily for the better or worse because people prefer a certain type of wrestling, but it is making the shows a much more of a universe, which is what they want. I think it's not an NXT example, but on Raw, Miz is now going for the intercom and he's a heel still. But the story makes complete sense because he's chasing that intercom title because he sees himself as the best. The character going for that makes absolute sense. And off the back of that, they had a four-way match, which involved Ivar and Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed was pissed. Now him and Ivar are split off and gone into another feud where they're allowed chance to grow their character. On NXT, we're seeing it all the time. These matches like this week with the women's qualifiers for the next pay-per-view. Lash Legend wins her match against Roxanne Perez. And in that match, they set up another feud with Kiana Perez, who... Is it Kiana Perez? Kiana James. Kiana James. Why am I saying Perez again? Kiana (laughs) James. They're all called Perez. And then Kiana James gets a backstage segment off the back of that, and they're building towards that. So I think think they're making a conscious effort to build the characters in these backstage segments, give you lots of character stuff. It's very rare you get not two backstage segments back-to-back before you get the next match. And the matches aren't going long, and they're not chasing star rings. They're always very competent. They're always very enjoyable, in my opinion but they're not going to tear up a tree the way that sometimes on Dynamite you get match of the year candidates. There is the obvious example. I would say Dragunov and Bron Breaker earlier in the year was an outstanding match. And there's been many on Raw, like Champer and Gunter. And those are the guys that we all know can go and do that. But I, I think there's a conscious effort in the model now to build characters all over the shop. And I think it really works for those shows. Because even people like yourself, James, you might not enjoy all the bell-to-bell stuff as much as in other shows, But I think you can really sink your teeth into those characters and understand them. And for some of them, it really works in getting closer to them. I don't know how you feel about that waffle I've just said. No, no, I I agree with where you're coming from and it makes sense. Yeah, I say I've enjoyed stuff like the, uh, especially the Chase U stuff I really get into. Uh, Every time I've seen them, they've been uh, entertaining and now they've sort of got some weird coat. I don't know if it's, uh, they they mentioned uh, Jim Harbour on the on the broadcast, which I thought, did that make, do you know that who that is? I do not know who that is. So he's like a college football coach. He's currently almost being suspended for, I think he's just, for like, he's been accused of stealing other teams like signs. So you know what their um, plays were going to be. Uh, he's quite a famous coach. He used to be in the NFL. His like brother still coaches in the NFL and he's got some hearing coming up. So I, I don't know if they're going down that route with Andre Chase that he's, he's been... Sort of... there was, um, so there was an... I don't know if they showed it in the... I think they showed it in the pre-match package. He got an envelope delivered to him last yeah, week. Yeah, I saw that last week. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I saw that happen. Because Jason I... looked in <laughs> and she was having... Yeah, she's, she's basically caused a big division. Obviously, Thea Hale, before the introduction of her, was a squeaky clean, gotta love her baby face. And she's kind of getting a bit of an edge and a bit frustrated at the Chase U system now. And that's always been the story with Duke Hudson as well, that he's always thought they're a bit too squeaky clean. So I think there's this interesting thing now with all the students walking out during that tag title match of, well, is Andre Chase this kind of perfect coach? Which makes perfect sense for the reference you said. I really like it. I think it's really interesting. And obviously involving them with the mafia guys makes it even more shady. <laughs> it is silly nonsense. And this is why it's Ross's favourite show, I guess. A lot of it is throwing stuff at the walls and seeing what lands. But I think NXT is doing a really good job right now. Yeah, so I, I love the uh, the backstage segment with um, Lyra Valkyra watching tape with uh, 
Robbie Johnny Moss. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, um, and then just because uh, she's watching on her phone, a text message comes up on the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to invite you so to, a, to a tea warrior set. And then they had the tea warrior uh, party, what it was called warrior tea party. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Just, yeah, just that little, like, uh, yeah, because they are a performance center. So they would be doing that sort of thing. It made it just sort of quite real and quite funny at the same time. Obviously, you probably don't pay much attention, if any, to the main roster these days. But Zia Lee has crossed over between NXT and Raw at the moment, and they are doing a brilliant job with her. She's feuding with Becky Lynch. She's got a match with her on Raw this week. And it's been a feud built over a few weeks, which has a legitimate story. Zia Lee wanted to shot the NXT title. Becky Lynch didn't give it to her for whatever reason. Justified in Becky's eyes, unjustified in Zia's eyes. The sort of grey lines we like in wrestling. Uh, and now Zai's just decided, no, I'm just going to kick everyone's head on every roster. <laughs> and um, her kind of faux good guy luring her in, trying to get this tea party this week, I thought it was fantastic. They've done such a good job with Zai because she's clearly a really talented wrestler and has maybe struggled to break the barrier in character terms to a main audience. The work they've done with her over the last month in particular has been excellent. Yeah, so I've always been a fan, back in, back in the day, just of her knees and kicks, you know, that's, that's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> As anyone who's listened before know. And yeah, so it was interesting to see her coming at, yeah, getting such a big, uh, I didn't, I haven't seen any of the main roster stuff, only just the thing they were showing on the training video that she'd been on there as well. But uh, yeah, good, yeah, good to see. And that should be a good in-ring match. I would look forward to that one. Yeah, I think, I think her and Becky will be great on Raw. And I think then the next night she's got to show the title, like, She's got two pretty marquee matches back to back. Someone who was kind of floundering or not getting the airtime and not through talent, just through not having the opportunities. She is um, doing the best of what they're giving her right now and feels a big part of both shows. Was there anything else in NXT that you wanted to particularly flag up? No, I'd say I, I, I'd say there's a lot of things that made me want to come, want to come back. Uh, yeah, to sort of see what goes on with Trick and Mellow and what goes on with, with Andre Chase and this storyline. And um, yeah, I say I hope it doesn't go like too long, like those, those sort of storylines, because sometimes drag out for ages. Whereas I think it should be a sort of, you know, maybe it should be done by the PLE in a couple of weeks, maybe. I think they were advertising one. I don't want to keep going back and not knowing. They want it to be like pretty little liars, you know, stop dragging it out <laughs> for six seasons. <laughs> it's a reference I don't get, but I get the sentiment. I would still come back if it was like pretty little liars. So <laughs> maybe they're doing Next the right thing. NXT is a crossover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because half of that roster are pretty little liars, let's be honest. (laughs) Okay, James, I thought for the final What the Nerds Are Watching, we could kind of do a little bit of AEW chat. Now, I'm going to be honest, I'm adoring the MJF arc at the moment, but I say that having not watched for the last couple of weeks. So... Uh, how are you feeling about going into full gear and AEW in general? Yeah, so the last couple of weeks, I say I've watched Collision, I watched Dynamite most weeks. I say I'm in again similar to there's certain people who'll come on. I'm like, I don't really want to watch this match. Adam Copeland being one of them, it's just but then he's in the ring. You got Darby Allen there, so it's quite a sort of and he's and uh, Christian and Nick Wayne and Lich Soros are doing jobs. So I'll watch his pay per view match, but things I am liking. Uh, I know you had a question about Swerve and Hangman uh, the other day about why they were still feuding. I did, yeah. Basically, yeah. I watched the last event and obviously they had an, a barn burner, right? Yeah, and Swerve won, admittedly, not through completely fair means. Um, but it's not like AEW to kind of go to the well 
on a match, rightly or wrongly, I think they they do it well where WWE sometimes drag it out. And I don't think they're dragging this out, by the way. But I just wondered, it didn't feel very AEW for that feud to still be going. So sell me on why it is. Well, it's basically, I think it was Swerve wrestled Danielson, uh, the next, because he won and Danielson won for a TNT title shot. And Hangman, he tried to do, I think from what I remember, it was, it was a banger, obviously. He tried to do a similar uh, thing with the Prince Nana metal headband crown type thing. And uh, Hangman Page came and took it off him and stopped him. It stopped him winning the match. So Hangman sort of reinvigorated the feud, which and then at some point led to Swerve going to Hangman Page's house. I did see that. I did see yeah, that. Yeah. And um, I'm, all, so I'm all for another match. I'm worried that Hangman might win, which would be devastating for her. Because if Swerve finally getting the big win, and then he's going to have to put him back over, which I think it's still up. It was still up Swerve's standing in the company. I think he's almost made that leap to main event. He's so over and he's look, carries himself and looks like an absolute star. But I think they can't sort of hold him, not hold him back is the wrong word, but like, I think they should sort of pull the trigger on him and go pretty soon. So that, that match I'm really looking forward to again because it was such a good one last time. But it is a death match, so it'll be different, but I'm sure they can still pull out some stops. There's some really seem like the young bucks have been interesting for the first time in ages. Getting annoyed with uh, Kenny Omega bringing Jericho into the locker room and sort of saying, you know, you already had friends. It was us. What are you doing with this? I think they called him a prick literally on TV, which I quite enjoyed. So, and anytime, and as Kenny pointed out, anytime they've gone against him and a partner, they've lost, I think, with Coat Rabuji and with Hangman. And so, again, Jericho in ring, not my favorite, just Jericho right on the screen, not my favorite anymore. But he had a good match with Will Ospreay. Well done. So I'm sure he can have a good one with Kenny and the Bucks. I think that should be interesting. But the Bucks actually getting pissed and sort of like, you know, why are you bringing this guy into our, you know, they've obviously gone through some battles in the past. So that that's a match I'd look forward to uh, to watch on the show. I, think I it... have slight thoughts on that. <laughs> yeah, go for um, it. I think it's perfectly fine and makes complete sense because... There's this kind of omnipresent storyline that the Young Bucks just get annoyed whenever Omega makes a new friend, right? Which is fine. I don't mind that. That's good because it's consistent. But I think I'm in the minority when it comes to these type of matches because I remember everyone absolutely adored the Ibushi and Omega versus Bucks match. I, just to my taste, didn't like the melodrama aspect of it. And this has been a thing that people have said about Roman matches, and I liked them. So I'm a hypocrite, right? <laughs> but there's something about the Bucks and Omega thing that just feels like playing pro wrestler to me. It doesn't quite resonate with me. Don't get me wrong. Moves-wise, match-wise, it's clearly a great match. It doesn't tick my boxes, but I do still think it's well worth its place in the card and, and is warranted. But I just wondered if, am I being, I think I am being too picky, right, James? Like, it will be a really good match. That was that one in New Japan, the... Yeah, it was their first American show, I think, but I might be wrong on that. It might have headlined the first time they went to the US. So I remember it happening, but can't remember it specifically. Not the first, it was the second time, I think, because I think the first time it was a Cardo Cody. So I think it would have been the second time. Or I've gotten the wrong way around. Anyway, go on. But I remember the in the AW, the Hangman and Omega match versus the Young Bucks, and that was uh, fantastic. I mean, maybe it, if it might have been similar if, and not for your style. But um, as you say, yeah, I like the Roman matches. I can usually skip the first 25 minutes or 55 if it's O'Connor. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, like you, I say it's a perfectly valid opinion. So not one I'd agree with myself. And I think I'd, I'd be interested to see if Jericho can carry it the same way that Elibushi or Hangman can. 
and make me care because normally it's about like disliking the young bucks as much as talent they are they're sort of annoying little whiny brats i mean that's their sort of character when they're playing heel which they are in this case i just don't really have any sympathy towards chris jericho so <laughs> not sure so oh, i mean yeah. I, I think it'll be good though uh, um as a match but yeah whether that hits the same way those other two matches especially the page one which i remember better will be interesting to see but um yeah that'll be my opinion on that one yeah i, d- I don't want to come across like a bucks hater either like I, I do think the bucks are excellent their match with the lucha brothers was my match of the year so yeah i'm not i'm not just one of them digging on the bucks i love the bucks the main event i guess is the other thing that's major to talk about or was there something else as well Cassidy Moxley's on there as well, right? I think. Yeah, that's it's interesting what they're going to do with that one because Cassidy had the great reign, lost to Moxley, lost to Phoenix, who lost it to Cassidy. Was the plan meant to be Cassidy Moxley with Cassidy going over? Or was this always meant to be the plan with Moxley going over? I feel like this was the plan, mm. but whether it's got because of the injuries, they've gone about it a different way. So I, I think they had, they've got good chemistry and it'd be a good match. But yeah, I have no idea what to think about that. I think she, Debbie, Tony Storm, it should be good. Um, timeless Tony. Timeless Tony. Chin up, tits out, and watch for the shoe. He's, um, I say they've, they've done interesting things. Like I've been, it made me laugh a lot. And then obviously I'm watching it on fight. And um, they had a couple of these like silent films with Tony Storm, which I didn't quite get. And then I found out from listening to something else that this was played during the ads in the States. And so she's, um, like doing her film based around each advert as well. Oh, cool. So like, did that minute, mate, I mean, it was like, oh, I'm sure that was much better. And it just seems a bit weird, but she's sort of acting out these completely random things when it's fight. Cause there's no, <laughs> there's no adverts on it. So, um, yeah, yeah she's been, uh, yeah, made herself completely reinvented herself. And I think taking herself to another level and she can go in the ring and she does fantastic. So, and she's just starting to get a bit pissed off with Tony Storm's theatrics, literally. So that should have a bit of an edge to it. And then, yeah, you say you've got the big one with the uh, with MJF and Jay White. You say you've so said... obviously there's also there's MJF in the opener as well. Obviously in the against your boys the guns. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing there'll be some story to leading to the main event, right? But as a match, uh, where do you think this is going to be ranking compared to some of MJF's other? title defences, and do you think there's a chance that Jay White leaves as champ? I do. I'm not sure I, how big. I mean, he could, MJF could leave with nothing. I might. I, I think I'd prefer that. Yeah, do you think it's time? Well, I, I, I think, I say me and Dom had a discussion of what, probably the last time I was on, and when Adam Cole was still healthy, and it was sort of like, we think that it's got to be a Cole turn to sort of put MJF back to being the villain because his one friend betrays him. And they feel like that was the story they were telling. With Cole out, are they just going to keep it on him for as long as until, or are they going to just take advantage of this baby face? Maybe they'd have Cole betray him anyway. If I hope they sort of do something that's similar to what I was saying with Chase U, you know, same sort of storylines. <laughs> they sort of do some reveal with the with the devil rather than it keep going on and on and on. Yeah, I, I think he'll lose the tag belts. I think that was set up for like a more of a sort of expectation that he might lose the, the main belt. He sort of gets some um, big uh, Bullet Club gold titles going everywhere they're telling the story that he's got a few more friends now but they're getting taken out and he's got a hell of a lot of enemies because you've got sort of Samoa Joe being his friend so he can be his enemy so he can get a title shot you've got Wardlow who's just basically done a, I don't know if you saw the promo yeah I did it was just this all about one of the reason I'm, yeah. 
Oh, uh, the reason I loved this MJF, like I said, I haven't seen it recently, recently, but the two weeks I watched, probably the two previous to what you've watched, absolutely MJF carrying those shows in terms of storyline. Just amazing. Like the Samoa Joe stuff is my favourite bit of it because it, there's a clear intention that it's evil. He's yeah. being selfish, but it's just so good to watch like that kind of dread hanging in the background that he either accepts it and the, the dread's in his face or ignores it and the dread's always there in the background. I love it. Did you see the bit where he was looking at the different locker rooms and came to Darby Allens? And so, well, yes, yes, and, and, yes. And he, did, and, did, did. Yeah, and he just writes emo bitch or something on his. Yeah, 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 I did see that. He like, yeah. looks at Joe and doesn't knock. This is a, a part of the thing as well, like that W used to get criticized for, and he's still probably doing a little bit, of, but less of that thing of when a guy goes babyface, they don't suddenly just go on Good Guy Mountain and shake everyone's yeah. hand, right? I love that. Yeah, like Caster had to work so hard to. <laughs> So get him to get him to come over for him. I, I now now I'm thinking no, I don't think Jay White's going to win because I think they've done this bit with Jay White holding the belt for so long. Yeah, like that, already got the image right. Like, like it'll be MJF winning the belt back is sort of like the moment of the show. Then maybe that there's a devil turn at the end, or maybe him and Joe do do the he do, Joe does do the ROH tag titles uh, with him and they win both and he keeps them and then he has to defend against Joe but again because he cheated to beat Joe. Yeah, as I say, I don't know, which is obviously I can can speculate as much more, which makes it interesting, I think. I agree. I think it makes it really compelling viewing. And I I would have said must watch, but obviously I've laxed out, so I can't really (laughs) say that. But I do think it is as close to much watch as you're going to get in weekly television right now. Final question on AEW, unless unless there's anything else you've got pressing. I was just going to say, have you got any um, speculation on who you think the devil might be? Well, that's why we're so in sync, brother, because that's why I was going to ask you. (laughs) Uh, I don't have anything. I can tell you names that the internet has told me it was, but from watching the show, I genuinely have no idea who it could be. So I'm going to throw it to you. And if you don't mention a name I saw on the internet, I'll throw that out. But who do you who do you actually think it is? Do you have a name? No, I think it should be Cole, even though if it mm. seems... Or I think people, maybe it's going away from it because it seems like it's too obvious. Obviously, I'd love it if it's a big work and it's punk. <laughs> and and like he never had a fight with anyone it's just been <laughs> just been they're just working everyone brother but um mm. i think that seems slightly unlikely i, I mean I, I hope it's not tony khan i don't need him I, I get enough of him <laughs> talking about a bloody tournament for 10 minutes let's go <laughs> let's go yeah say so, uh yeah who've, who've you heard i haven't really seen any speculation but i saw a bit of brit baker speculation but i saw that as well, Britt Baker was a name I saw. I didn't take that seriously just because AEW hasn't really ever looked like they're going to do an agenda, right? And I presume that's where that story would have to go. The other one that I did see a lot of, which didn't seem to make many people happy, was, speaking of CM Punk, Jungle Boy. Oh, Jack Perry. Jack Perry. What would your reaction be if Jack Perry was the devil? I would have been underwhelmed. <laughs> one of the pillars, right? I'm right in thinking he was a pillar. He's there. He's what they call the pillars. Yep. That was the other name I'd heard. I agree with you. Cole would be my choice of the names I've heard. But I think there was a lot of... I, I might be wrong in thinking this, but I felt like there was a lot of people at least saying, whether they were into it or not, that Jack Perry was on the shortlist of people they thought could be the devil. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. He's been away for a while. Yeah, it was... Well, I didn't say makes sense, the one word. I mean, I could see why they'd use it as an in, sort of impact move. What is the show in Chicago? Well... If the reveal's in Chicago from Ultra Heat, then... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is a good story, though. They, they've done a really good job with the devil because we're still talking about it and it's not fresh at this point. Like, it's been going a long time. So the original Maybe reveal was great. Fred the Red. 
Maybe yeah. it is <laughs> the real red devil. <laughs> that would uh, just not think of our devils, man. <laughs> yeah. I think on that note, we've exhausted this <laughs> and we should probably move quite briskly. Oh, just one quick shout out for uh, the continued excellence of uh, Roddy Strong coming down to the ring in a neck brace and a wheelchair, getting out, having a match and then getting back into the wheelchair and getting wheeled yeah. Uh Fantastic work from him. I don't, I yeah, I mean, I mentioned it. we could talk about the Roddy Strong stuff because <laughs> it's, it is excellent and his reinvention is so good because he's a guy that always got criticised for having a lack of character. But I think right now, He's the best he's ever been in terms of character work in mainstream companies anyway. Right, James, I think it's about time that we move on to the round table. Have you ever, ever felt like this? Have strange things happen? Are you going round the twist? Have you ever, ever felt like So for the round table this week, I'm not 100% sure of what the parameters are. So I'm going to throw to James. And you tell me what we're going to be discussing as a topic this week. Yeah, I think the uh, opening topic, uh, maybe the only topic, depending on how long we go, <laughs> um, Ross was asking us just to discuss the uh, our thoughts on the variety in wrestling. Uh, and me and Chaffee discussed it during the weekend uh, at the Ignite show. And there was a progress show at the weekend which had uh, some sort of dramatic match, at most dramatic match ever, apparently. I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on that. Uh, but I know it got uh, different reactions on the internet, some negative, sort of some positive. I know it got viewed a lot of times. I couldn't find the clip on Charles Crowley's uh, Twitter. So <laughs> useless. He had too many retweets. So I was like, I'm not scrolling down that long, Charles. Uh, you've done all right for yourself here. Yeah. So it was just sort of where, you know, you've, even this podcast, we've said stuff that we like and we don't like. When you're going to a show, I think especially a live show, or even if you were tuning in for a long time, what sort of thing do you want to see all the same sort of stuff or do you like variety or have you got instances of shows you've been to where you're, you're glad that match was in there or you know you wish it was something just a bit more serious in there um and that sort of thing basically what sort of makeup is your perfect show like how much do you want between your bangers and your sort of character work and your comedy or, or do you want any of that or all of it and how much so about 15 questions in one and i've done a introduction to broadcasting <laughs> uh interviews course and they've told me, don't ask more than one question, one go. So apologies to Full Sail University for ignoring you there. <laughs> no, I think I get the vibe. I think that's what we need, just a vibe. And then we can go in whatever strand we go with from it, because I'm sure we'll have lots of talking points with all of that. I suppose my main thing is the most obvious word that screams out, and you'll be the same, I think, is variety, right? It's very rare that I want to go to a wrestling show and get, let's say the cards, six matches, eight matches, whatever your favourite is. I don't really want banger, 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 or at least wrestlers trying to achieve a banger. What I want in there is a match, which like you say, to use the broad term, a comedy match. What I want is a big man match. What I want is a hardcore or a street fight type match. I want a lot of flavors. You know, I don't want a bland wrestling card and I'm not going to say who it was because that I'm throwing them under the bus, but someone said about the Rev Pro show last week, it was brilliant. They loved it. The one at the 229. They weren't criticising it in any way, but they did say after about five matches, I was ready for something different. And I just got another three matches that were the same vibe as the first five. Now, if you're into that, I reckon there are people out there probably screaming at me going, but that's brilliant. I've just got to see eight great technical wrestling matches. But me personally, the variety is key. And 
comparing something like what we saw this week, Ignite, to say Raw or even a big English company like a Progress or Red Pro does seem a bit silly. But when I go to Ignite, I know I'm going to get a banger. I know I'm going to get a real comedy match, a match that I can sign of turn my brain off a bit at the in-ring work and I can just watch and have a laugh. And I think the variety is the key, really. I think that's all the greatest wrestling shows have had variety on them. There's always that match that people go, is it WrestleMania 17 is considered the greatest card and it's got the gimmick Battle Royal on it? Yeah. <laughs> like, for example, that match no one really thinks is up there, but it, it breaks the card up and it gives you all something to laugh at. So from that point of view, I think variety is key. And I think you really remember the comedy matches and it actually grows you closer to those wrestlers. Like Gene Money can go, but I remember how much of a laugh he can be more than how good a wrestler he is, which is, you know, I don't know if that's good or bad, but <laughs> I think that, that there's definitely a, a job in there for like making the crowd laugh. For me, it has to flow that way for me to care about the matches I'm going to come away loving forever. I can't go to a show where every match is amazing and love everyone forever. So um, this also was um, the, the same point was made about the Eve show on Friday. But James, I'll let you have a word. and You explain your views on it. I so say my best memory of this is I can't remember which WrestleMania I went to at this point, but we were going to a lot of shows. We started going to a lot of indie shows. Progress were running, Rev Pro were running, Evolve were running. And I went to shows like about three shows a day, four shows a day. And it was just as you say, it was just like good wrestling in a row, in a row, in a row. I'm sure there was a bit of comedy on there, maybe, with some of the characters in those companies. And after like three days of that, I was just like, I can't really remember anything. A couple of like the NXT matches stand out because they would, I think you had your sort of American Alpha DIY type or DIY Authors of Pain and and those guys knocking around and uh, and the revival and stuff. And But it was just like, this is all the same. Here's another, I say I'm not a star, but you sort of like three star Austin Theory versus Darby Allen again, or you know, and it's and it's nothing bad, but as you say, then the next year when 90s came to WrestleMania with me, we bought um a collective season ticket basically. We don't think we did get a season, we went to basically every collective show. We were going to three issues day, and they were so varied with your MJF playing dodgeball and your best of seven Iron Man, no best one minute Iron Man match and best of seven falls and Lego and food fights and I say so, and because you were, we were going to your Rev Pro, your NXT uh, shows as well, so you know you're going to get your bangers in your show, and that's in of a weekend of a variety of wrestling in the weekend rather than a full show. But I did think just having that variety just made it such a better wrestling experience. Really good, enjoyed that, and even in the UK recently, I mean, we did that thing the other day when to pick your card this year of shows you've been to. I had Blobby on it; he was definitely going on it. Probably my favorite experience of the year. Got to get down to Riot Cabaret to see him again. I had Dan Maloney and Dean Olmark in their camp match from Tufnell Park Dome from the, I think it was from the G Money show. And and yeah, that G Money show as a whole is probably incorporates this uh, this question as a as a sort of concept type show. And and, and I say I understand some people don't like any of it, which I as I don't quite get it. If you don't like any of it, you just want all serious. You know, get out of yourself. <laughs> but is that um that is that maybe that's the job of the promoter right so the point i was going to make about that is i suppose when you go to a progress or a rev pro show they're still i think kind of different like i think the progress crowd still want a match or two where you have and this isn't to say these guys can't go but you have a crowley match or you have a again gene money who i think is an excellent worker by the way i, I know i've said twice a comedy wrestler i don't think he's just that you have a match with, say, a Crowley or a, a Money in where you can enjoy the comedy of it 
and not necessarily have to watch every bump and be on the edge of your seat because they're going to drag you in with the story and, and the fun of it. Rev Pro Crowd is maybe a bit more different. I don't think they're averse to comedy. I'm sure they've had comedy matches, but their their bread and butter is the bangers. So it's the promoter. I mean, they've had Lord Gideon of... Gray working for them for goodness sake. Exactly. Back. They get they, their I... fair share of banter. <laughs> and they and they like a run in and everything. They've had some shenanigans. I know that. But but they're where they make their money with their fan group is they know they're going to get banger to banger, right? So I guess it's your own fault sometimes if you judge it on not delivering that because the promoters set the card up to give you that. Like the best example of a show you've been to, James, I haven't been to, you wouldn't go to Bloodsport and expect a comedy match, right? Well, but I meant to bring up Bloodsport. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I, that was in my head when you were making your original thing, is yeah. you get variety in Bloodsport. It's a massive variety. You get you get your big man trying to slam, you get your kicks, you get knockout finishes, you get ref finishes, you get you get your Tim Thatcher's technical submission matches. Bloodsport is a was an example, wasn't a use of a non-comedy show, but still has a variety in a very it constrained to an extent way of running a show. And that's arguably one of my favorite shows to go to live and things like that to see. What it does have that I think wrestling doesn't, it's that knockout finish. You don't have to be a three. It's got that yeah. boxing slash MMA. And I always think boxing MMA is like your best boxing MMA fights are like your worst wrestling matches based on the amount of action you get. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And I enjoy I boxing and MMA as well, but I just, you know, the amount of what matches where nothing happens, whereas in wrestling, you're always going to get something to happen because it's part of the show. And that's why Bloodsport works as a combo because it's fought in a style. And some of them will be just technical submissions, which I really enjoy. I love watching Danielson. I love Sabre. I love like, Marina Shafir, wrestles that sort of thing in Bloodsport. Then you'll get, um, I say to like Moxley and Biff Busey. Money Lorcan. Um, you're just getting just people battering the shit out of each other. And you get that flash knockout and the ref just calls it. You don't go for the three and you can get that finish out of nowhere, which I know technically you can get in wrestling, but you still wait for the three. So Bloodsport, yeah, was, was an example of a variety show, which doesn't have that comedy aspect that we that we discussed but it does have a lot of variety for a show that is based around pure athletic competition so you can do it's it. weird really because on paper like that was my lazy example of a show that is telling its fans there's one style <laughs> of wrestling come and enjoy but actually from what you've said it was completely lazy because like you say <laughs> they're able to subvert what you expect and do every single type of finish within that style do you think that's where the argument comes from maybe i know that the main point is about the crowley match and do we want stuff that's way far left but do you think that is something that shows should look at where we've been to shows whether they're progress rev prog whatever where we've come away and we could pick any matches match of the night it just depends what one you related with maybe there is a standout but do you think some of those matches would stand out more if they went for a different angle on the same rules, if that makes sense? Yeah, and it's, I'd say, and I think it's also a criticism now that AEW is like, do the producers talk to each other? Because mm. you get the same finish three times and, and you know, in, in similar to like an AEW, Progress, Rev Pro, and I can't, you know, you might get three run-ins or disqualification finishes on the same show. And I think that, to an extent, I know we sort of warped away, as you said, from the original point. But I think that sort of thing is again key to getting that variety and and getting this or different finishes and different you know how many times can we shout at oscar in the same day (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i I know what you mean i I think i think it is very frustrating as wrestling fans even when we are going to shows half cut 
it's very obvious when the same finish has occurred and it, it can be very frustrating. So to go and circle back then to what we should have been talking about as maybe our main in terms of this this one particular match that's gone viral between artists formerly known as Aiden English and Crowley. Matthew Renhold. Um, yeah, that man, the impact commentator. I'm just really struggling with that second name, so I'm not going to attempt it. Yeah, fair, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you look at a wrestling card and you'd have seen that match, say you were going to that Manchester show and that was what they delivered in the ring, where would your reaction been at with that, do you think? From what you've heard, even I know you said you couldn't find a, a good enough clip, but you've seen like maybe one clip. Do you think that would be something that you'd want on your wrestling card? I don't think it would turn me off the way some people... I think, well, I've had a couple of beers, I can watch anything. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's not what I mean. But like, I would say I enjoy... I say I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to say I would definitely have enjoyed it. But um, just knowing Crowley, I, I think I think some people take themselves a little bit, maybe take themselves a little bit too seriously as wrestling fans. You know, I might have been guilty of that myself at times, but a, a live show, I'm not sure if it was on TV, I might have turned it off and not be for me. But if it's a live show, I usually try and get into the show unless like the Solheim Cup's on or the Dolphins on or something. But um, I will try and get into the show and, and give it a chance. So I definitely would have given it a chance. And knowing the sort of performer that, that Crowley is, I usually enjoy his work. So I, I'll definitely have given it a chance. I think it's something that I would have enjoyed watching if I was there as a live show. If I was there watching at home, maybe not, because I, I do watch wrestling differently at home, my own, to what I'll watch at a live show. My thing with that is, I think you're right, by the way, um, but my thing with that is, like, I don't know these people who did complain about it because this has been related to us via Ross, right? Yeah. And I do believe Ross, I don't think he's made up these complaints. But I suppose where I struggle with it is, if you've bought a ticket to this Manchester show and that match is announced... What were you expecting? For me, I want more outlandish, the better. If you book that, <laughs> then I want it to be bonkers. If yeah. it, it just come away with a... They yeah, wrestled but I've, I've heard... For 10 minutes, like, whatever, I can get that anywhere. But I've, I say, I haven't seen the, the comments and stuff that, that were mentioned to us. But I've, I've heard like one review of the podcast and one guy said he knew he wasn't going to like it. They wouldn't let him leave because it was no returns. So he just yeah. didn't really watch it. And that was just, and that's fine. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. I think all. that's fair. I think I that's, that's completely fair. fine. I don't think that's unreasonable. He said it's not my graps, which is, again is fine. I say I might um so I think that's a completely reasonable uh, thing to take. I say the people who've commented online probably haven't seen it. I'd probably leave it or either don't watch it or wait until you've seen it and then criticize it if you've got to do it. But if you haven't seen it, then what you know, yeah. Do you have an opinion? That's why I haven't really given an opinion on it because I haven't seen it. I said, well, I assumed I'd have enjoyed it at the time, but you can say, yeah, it's probably not for me. But mm. that's that's my opinion of it anyway. But it's not as fun to say, oh, I'm not sure about. It. I haven't seen it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's what we can deal with. Well, this is why we're the B squad tonight. We can all <laughs> we can say it's what we we have seen. No, I I agree. With you. I think it's very fair to go buy a ticket and then. Just not enjoy it, but not make a big fucking deal about it. And I think Ross's point was maybe more towards the people that do make a big fucking deal about it. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What do they want on their show? Like, do you just want the bangers? And like we've just discussed previously, like, not sure if that always necessarily is productive to a great wrestling card to just go banger, banger, banger. I think it was a good thing they announced it. I reckon most of the crowd probably digged it. That's just a pure speculation, <laughs> but I can't see why that wouldn't have gone down well. Yeah. And would you rather watch that or watch like two people who don't have a clue what they're doing? I say again, I haven't seen it. So, yeah. but what I assume was like a technically sound match between two competent workers, or just put or watch two people trying to do something with things they can't do mm. and hurting themselves or hurting other people. You know what? Yeah, and also like those two wrestlers. If you're a progress fan, like those are two wrestlers you will be familiar with. If anything, if you're a progress fan, you might be less familiar with Matty Boy. Still going to avoid that second name. Um, <laughs> 
it's surely you would have you would have been on board with it. So it's interesting to hear that there's been some negative reaction. I hope that overall it was positive. And I hope overall we've kind of got to what Ross wanted to talk about or kind of what you and Shafi were talking about, James. But I don't really have too much more to say about it. But variety is the spice of life would be my final quote. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, I'd agree with you, yeah. James, thank you so much for chatting with me on this Wednesday night. I hope you've had a good time chatting some graps. It's been five shows always, away. I always love chatting the graps with you, mate. It's always uh, interesting and you get in a, I think we get a different, you know, we got some different opinions, but we generally come at it, things from the same place. I think it makes yeah. a decent chat. But yeah, not anyway, hopefully the people who listen enjoy it. I guess they're more important, but if they didn't, I've had a lovely Wednesday. I, I reckon, I reckon if me and James watched 10 wrestling shows, <laughs> we'd have, Different favourite matches on at least half of them, but we still both stick to the principle of wrestling should be fun. Yeah. So we end up on the same side of the coin. James, is there anything that needs plugging or that you feel deserves plugging? No. <laughs> um, no, there's, um, well, I so I'm away sadly, but there's progress are running next week, I believe. We've got, um, I'm her Riot Cabaret coming up, the return of Blobby, uh, I think on the Tuesday night in December. This show, that show I'll be looking to go to. Uh, then I'm hoping to be at unboxing. Uh, there's a big Rev Pro, I think it's a York Hall. Crystal show. Palace one? Is it Palace? No, it's Crystal Palace, Palace, so it's one? Palace, not yeah. York Hall. Yeah. I'll also be looking at I've got Fiend, I've got a football game that day. Uh, if I'm ever selected again after letting my man score seven goals on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's sort of some of the things I'll be looking to go to. Recently. I say I won't be at Next Progress, but a lot of the boys will be. But uh, Riot Cabaret, hopefully Rev Pro and uh, unboxing all things I'll be looking up to go to in the next month. Yeah, I agree on all them. I don't know how many of them I'm going to get to. Possibly none, but they're all going to be excellent wrestling shows. I think Eve will be running this week as well, actually. Sorry, Eve as well. Eve might be running this week as well. I think I I can't go myself, but I think I got an email saying they're running this week as well. We probably should have talked about Eve way earlier as well, because half the group went there on uh, Friday. But apparently... Uh, do we have an online thing? Because that Masha versus Konami match was yeah. meant to be exceptional. So maybe go and check that out. Uh, they used you... to have a pivot share I used to subscribe to. When yeah, I so if, you, to everything. If, <laughs> if you're desperate for another good match, Masha and... Is it Konami? James, you know oh, more about yeah. the Japanese broads than me. Yeah. yeah, Konami and Masha apparently had a barn burner in a brewery. So if that ain't up your street, you're probably listening to the wrong <laughs> podcast. Uh, final shout from me would be the one we talked about at start. I'm still going to be just that guy, just sucking up. Ignite. Next show, February the 4th, Man Like Doris debuts. It will be a hoot. James, you do you know yet if you're going to be around for that one? Uh, unless it, I've got a feeling it's the week before the Super Bowl. If it's Super Bowl Sunday, I will be engaged in pre-Super Bowl festivities, which I might be able to get to Ignite because it won't start till one. I've got a feeling it's the week before. Though, so yeah, hopefully I'd get I'm a bit far ahead for my calendar, but I uh, would hope sure. to be at that, yeah. It is quite far ahead for people, but, you know, let's see where the pigskins, what day that's happening. And uh, if if not, come down. And anyone listening, come to Ignite Wrestling Bournemouth. It's really good. That's my final shout out. And that means that we're at the end of the podcast. James, thank you very much. And it, it just leaves me to say, drink lots of water. Look after your friends. That's all for today. Kylie Ray. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Should be fun. Wrestling should be fun. Wrestling should be fun.